Hello and welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblet. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques, and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblet. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Good morning, Mark. I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, very good. Just, um, in fact, it was, this was a bit, a bit of a rush to get back because I'd said to you that we'd start at this time. Um, but I've been in London last two days. I've been at the BCS conference, um, which is the British Society of Cinematographers. So we're looking, I'm looking at latest techniques, learning a lot, um, about video and how video is used to tell a story because it, it's just so important now. I, I absolutely follow. I think video is, I mean, they, they say that 80% of all uh, media on the internet is going to be video this year. Yeah. So, so, and I also seen the impact on my business and you've seen it on, on, on oh, business, but the big trick and that's the hard part. And I hope you find, found some solutions there is pragmatically to keep it up all the tactics around it, I think strategy-wise, it's clear. But just uh, tactical, I think that's where there is a lot to be gained at the moment. I think it's, um, I think it's like anything. I think that initially it, it takes a lot of hard work. It probably gets a bit easier with the experience. Um, your own understanding about video and what's good and what's bad changes. But yeah. you know, like we're always saying. Just get out, get it done, <laughs> get yeah. it done, move forward. Pure for uh, like uh, thought leadership. If you look, there is a very nice case. If, I mean, we talk to software companies. There is a company called Close.io, yeah. and they have a YouTube channel. And if you look at that YouTube channel, they don't actually talk about their own software. It is their CEO and their CTO that records himself in front of a laptop, and actually the quality is not that high. But he keeps doing it every day, every two days, and he gives real advice. You should have a look at it because you see he has a lot of views and the content is, is, is good. And you realize that it, it doesn't need to be perfect. Oh, I've seen so many things recently that really made me think. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but it's quite well known now. There's one of the big hotel chains. And what they've started doing is instead of creating videos about their hotels they create they create short entertainment films which feature their hotels so the first one they did was two bellboys and it was almost like a sort of a mini jackie chan type yeah. adventure really cool yeah and, and, and but it was great and, and people are watching it and um it it, it takes you it, it's a different perspective you know you need a, a, a change of mindset to think of it in that way but it goes back to this thing that I'm trying to impress on everyone at Boss Equity, which is stop interrupting people with our marketing and make what we are saying interesting. Make make what we are saying the things that they want to listen to. Yeah, stop selling. Yeah, exactly. I fully agree. Yeah. So, and then if you can add a layer of entertainment, because I, yeah, I, I hear you, I think it's a really good idea that you actually create a real story and you want to follow those two bellboys, whatever they're doing, and yes. you actually walk the same hall. I mean, it's like branding level uh, version 2, uh, 2.0. Yeah, 
I like yes. it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing, the other thing I wanted to, well, a couple of things I wanted to say. Um, last week, when we were talking about these really fast-growth software companies, we were yeah. talking about ClickFunnels and Exponia. Yeah. They yeah. were two yeah. examples. And sort of off the top, I knew these were fast-growth, but I, I wasn't, didn't have all the facts in front of me. ClickFunnels, they are in excess of $360 million in revenue, and they started 2014. Exponia, I've seen... There are discussions now of valuations on that company, bearing in mind they're the fastest growing SaaS company in Europe. They started in 2015 and their valuation is in the billions. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. That's, but that's really unicorn. That's a, those that, well, are that's, unicorn that, examples almost. That, that, that's right? it there. Yeah, if you're into the billions, you're into the you're into the unicorn. But but the interesting thing is that that it's that it is possible, and mm-hmm. and it's very possible in software tech. Yeah. And if you're in software tech, then I think that there's a lot to be learned. These are not the only examples. In fact, we're doing a study. We did a study last year, and actually. We, well, what we did was we put together a white paper. So the thinking behind it was going back to this, you know, provide things that are entertaining or interesting to your target audience was we wanted to put together a report which is saying what makes software tech businesses successful. And we thought the best way to do it, because we obviously we've been doing, we've been working in this area for a long time. So we've got lots of our own ideas, but I thought we don't, just want to be saying what we we think although i think it is quite valid because we do have a lot of experience you know across a number of different continents but i thought what would be even better would be to collate together all of the other reports worldwide that have been done on this so i had two researchers working for a number of weeks just digging up all of this information the mistake was that actually there hasn't been that much work done on looking at what makes a software company successful. A lot of it was about what makes software installations successful for the end user. This is a slightly different twist on it. There was a a little bit, there were some articles, there were some blogs, but I think what we're going to do now is we're going to do our own unique research and we're looking at those fast growth companies and we've got a lot of information already and we're gonna put it together in some format. I don't know if it's gonna be a white paper, it might be a video. Who knows? Yeah, white paper's a bit I, bit old hat now, maybe, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I do like the mix between um, like like one screen and somebody's talking around it, so you you can also visualize, you can see it. Yeah. Some, some concepts yeah. are just better in a, in a view than just talking. That's true. So I think we we might want to try something there and just experiment with you know a face next to a next to a next to a screen. I mean, I, I believe you. We should do video. Yeah, uh, let's try. Yeah, so, and the other thing I wanted to say was we finally agreed on on a name for this podcast. So yeah, this, true, true. This is this is our fourth one, I think. Isn't it? Yeah. We've done four, and the plan yeah. was that we would always do at least four before we actually release the podcast because we wanted to yeah. test it. We wanted to see if you know if it didn't work, we'd quietly not mention it again and just delete it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've, I have I have given it to a few people that I trust to get some feedback you know these are the people that would say if it stinks they'll tell me it stinks <laughs> um, and they didn't so they gave well, a, they gave a few tips of how we could improve it but I think it has I don't know what what's your feeling you know if you have you listened to all four of them have you listened to yeah, all four of them back or three, it's, three it's, of them now? 
once you get past the effect that it's weird to hear your own vo- voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it also it needs it needs to mature and and you need to balance the energy. And I saw the first two ones. I listened the first two ones. I was way I was interrupting you the whole time. And okay, I need to calm down. And it it, it has its flow. And yeah. I think I think we should keep it up. Absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was good, and I agree with you. I was listening to my own voice. I actually had a, I think I had a bit of a cold, and I was sounding very nasally in the first two weeks, and that really irritated me. And that was the main thing that was on my mind. And I, <laughs> and I was thinking that I needed to make sure that this was actually a conversation between the two of us. And when you were talking, I was listening to you, and it was. Do you, do you, I'll tell you what it reminded me. Of. I don't know if you've ever been to a party and you meet somebody for the first time. And sometimes you meet with somebody and you think, what a great conversation. So I really enjoyed talking to them. And then yeah. other people, you're thinking, I don't know, it just didn't gel well. I probably am not going to seek this person out to have another conversation. Yeah. And, and yeah. I've, always, I've always been quite intrigued by that because I, I, I studied psychology. I've always been interested in that. And one of the things that I liken it to is... A conversation is, is, is like table tennis. You know, I'm serving the ball to you and you're knocking it back to me and then I'm knocking it to you. But if the person on the other side of the table suddenly turns and starts knocking the ball up against a wall to themselves and you're just standing there waiting and it just goes on and on and on and on, you do tend to tune out a little bit. You lose interest. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So I think it needs to be backwards and forwards and, and then hope, hopefully we can do that. <laughs> Let's keep it up. Did you have any topics? Did you sort of come in and just thought we'll see how it goes today, was, or did or did I you have any? I was so topics? energized last time, and I thought so much <laughs> that, that I kind of feel guilty now, and I'm thinking, no, Mark had some stuff to say, so let me I be did. quiet this I had, time. I had five things written down, and you I just no, you had. So. <laughs> you were like a train. Yeah, I and was. Then, yeah, and then towards the end, it was funny because towards the end you started to slow up, and I thought, all oh, right, okay, Michael, he's he's he's. Got, he's sort of given me a little bit of space and then you said, well, I think we should wrap it up now. <laughs> it's dominance, eh? they yeah. control. And, exactly, uh, yeah. yeah. To, to alpha males we're, in a call is always stuff. This, this is the Michael podcast <laughs> coming to you I from already Belgium. Have my, I already have my YouTube show where I'm, I can dominate, so I'm actually... <laughs> I'm sitting relaxed here and I'm saying, well, Mark, you have some topics. Let me just comment on them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's good. I've got a bit of space today then. I can can bring up a few of my topics. Enjoy it while it lasts. First one, and this is just things that that have happened to me this week. And um, sometimes it's, 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 it's a new perspective on something, something sometimes it's greater clarity sometimes you see reoccurring themes and I think one of them one of the things that I talk to my clients about is is about communication because it's so important and so many software companies do it so badly they don't they don't even know they do it badly outside communication or internal both there is a bit of a of a difference there yeah I think I think both and, yeah. and, and I've been guilty definitely of, of in bad internal communication. You know, I, I sort of see the vision, got the idea. I give a quick explanation and I'm off. And people are thinking, hang on a minute, what did he say? He's gone. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? yeah. <laughs> and I think I've, I've, this year in particular, I've, I've sort of sat down and thought to myself, you know, if somebody doesn't understand, that's my fault. That's not theirs. No, exactly. I, exactly. Haven't, I haven't communicated in the right way. 
and I haven't taken the time to give them the space to give them the feedback to say, hang on a minute, I'm not quite sure on that, or do you mean this? I've just gone, you know. The way way I, I, I explain sometimes to people is that you've already had the whole mental process. You went through all the steps, and it's like you break up with a girl. You basically, you've been thinking about it for weeks, and then one day you decide it, and you say, it stops here for whatever reason. And then you need to explain, and it goes back and forth. It's a bit of that construction. So they, they haven't had time to process it. So you need to give them that time to process. But it's, I know, it's tough. And I used to have a, a good friend of mine who was CEO of a company. He said to me, when I got frustrated with this, I would sit and look, damn, they're so slow. And I'm, I'm, I mean, why? And he said to me, Michael, there are no shortcuts. You have yeah. to go through the process or you will get extremely frustrated. Just accept it is like that. Point. Yeah, absolutely. Tough one. I I had a meeting with a really nice guy, early part of uh, this week. He's working with us on a, on a few projects, but he's actually a trained clinical psychologist. And mm-hmm. I was talking to him about this issue that I see time and time again. You know, and and he and we were talking. It's it's cognitive overload. It's overloading your audience with information too much too quickly yeah and and yeah. what happens is where where they could take in some of the information you get to a stage where you've just overloaded their short-term memory and they take in nothing it's like full no more is coming in and you can keep talking but no more is yeah. going to come in i uh, i did this week my sales print boot camp in uh, in antwerp in belgium with 15 people all executives in the room and I took in true. How many, and I how many of them spoke apart from you? Sorry. Oh, I, I, I spoke. <laughs> but uh, no, 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 no. There were exercises. And I let, I oh, know. okay. So you what let, happened? You let them speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened is exactly what you're saying. So let's say we get through to three o'clock and they're still rather energized and the balance is good. And then I suddenly realized I still have so much I want to tell these guys. There's so much new and so much really cool stuff that would help their business. Like, very special examples of business models. Yes. I mean, so much. And I, I just, I don't know why, I just ignored all the signals and I really started saying, hey, look at this, look at this. But it was a complete sensory overload at a certain stage and I really saw them switching off and thinking, this is fantastic, Michael, but this is another session, right? So yes. I learned on that moment, I need to rebalance a bit that last part. Yes. So, but I mean, they got a lot of really high quality content. That's not a discussion. It just... The format and the, the last point, it's, um, yeah, I need to, to do some work on that one. So, so, I mean, this is a problem that we both see. And I yep. think particularly for technical companies where they've got a lot of information that they could convey. So what's, what's the solution for these companies? I mean, first of all, where do, where do we see that problem? And, I mean... Without doubt, I, I see I, it on, on websites and I see it in first face-to-face meetings. Yeah, I, I wanted to it's, – it's funny because let me take it one step back. When you were saying – talking about those two companies, ClickFunnels and the other one, yeah. they both have one thing in common. They have an extremely simple and clear yeah. story. Simplicity like and clarity. Ridiculously clear. Right? Yeah. So, so, so I think that's the answer. So in many cases, when, I, when I'm with clients and they start explaining what they do, they kind of try and shove all the details in. I'm like, guys, just tell me one sentence. Yeah, but it doesn't do right to the whole story. I said, I get it, but you need to pick your battle. And, and I see that all the time. 
And it's funny that I'm telling you that I did the same thing on my sales print bootcamp. It's a pity I, I really fell into the trap because you get excited. Yeah. And then I realized, all oh, these guys, they are so proud and they get so excited and they just <laughs> the tsunami comes. <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you something. And I think that it's, it's a little bit ironic because in one of the sessions that I was, I was with with one of my clients, I was talking to them about this subject and, mm-hmm. and I was hopefully I was helping to educate them about this and see things in a different way. And in talking to them about it, because I had so much to say, I did exactly the same. <laughs> I overloaded them about overloader. <laughs> you know? There's an irony, isn't it? Yeah. Because no, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, what, one of the other things that came up in conversation, which is very much related to this is, is about the marketing overload that you can, you can give a, a potential customer and, and the etiquette of you see some response. And I see a lot of companies do this. I've, I had a company do this to me just this week. And um, there was a software solution which I was interested in. So I responded and I had a couple of questions. And the salesman responded to me and he answered my questions, which was great. And then I said, I'd actually like to see a demonstration and when I see a demonstration, I've got a couple of other questions. And I'm, I'm only available on Friday at this time. And he said, well, I'm not there. He said, but I've got another sales guy who could, could handle this for you. And I said, great. Yeah, just set it up, 10.30. So I didn't see an email invitation come, which was a bit surprised. And then yeah. on the morning of the Friday, I had an email from this other salesman saying, um, Steve has spoken and said that you've been in contact. We've got a special deal. And as an incentive for you to buy, here's 50% off. <laughs> it's like, you're not even qualified. He's already selling to you. He's already selling to me. Yeah, yeah. Nah, and and I went, and it, I mean, I, I tend to be, as I, get, as I get older, I get more and more truthful and honest. Some people call it blunt. But, um, and I went back for to For an work. English, that's not possible. I oh, mean, yeah, I'm different. For us, we're always <laughs> very careful with... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I went to you and I said, well, the arrangement was that you were going to give me a demonstration and I was going to ask some questions. I said, that's really bad selling. And he said, his email back to me was, well, if you don't ask, you can't get. And I just... No. Oh. <laughs> my, head, my, head, yeah. my head was in my hands at that stage. And guess what? When he came to do the demonstration, it was a really bad demonstration. It was just bang, straight into showing me all the features, not listening to what I was wanting, not asking me any questions. He had no idea. And it just felt like he was just trying to push this product down my neck. You know, yeah. it was awful. And there's so much out there. People, oh, I don't know, it's... It's as though that there is a whole group of people that they come from the 80s and 90s. But, but and things don't forget, moved on. how do we train them? I think a lot of companies train their guys wrong. Oh, absolutely. Because this guy might have been successful in the old days and then he gets a team and yeah. he wants them. I mean, so many times I had, I had executives tell me, Michael, I want you to build uh, like a product portfolio with a story so my sales guys you know they can do like in the xerox time they open their bag what's your problem here is but that's solution selling and that's 10 years ago like, yeah guys, it's not gonna work i tell you it's not gonna work no no and i think i think it's it is a difficult issue to address because the the senior people within these software companies they will have come up through sales quite a lot of them 
Yeah, and, and they would have used these techniques, and in those days, they worked to a degree. But I think if you would take that executive and you let him do the sales to another executive, he would not do that. He would probably have a completely different approach. That's because true. He know, so, yeah. so you're wondering, yeah. why does he expect his sales guys to do something very different? I mean, well, it's very, very odd. Do you know, I, I've got an example. It was a company that I was dealing with a couple of years ago, and their solution when you sat down and spent the time excuse me <clears throat> to really look at what they offered it was it was very well put together and it was a great solution it was using you know artificial intelligence in a in a really interesting way and it was doing things that other solutions weren't i was really interested in it but you looked at their sales and the sales were all coming from the ceo but yep. I, sat, I sat in on some of the sales presentations that that CEO made and you sit there amazed and astonished thinking, I can't believe he's getting away with this because it was just, I mean, what I, he was able to sell and he was able to sell on the force of his personality, but also because he was the CEO of that company. Exactly. People are going to treat him in a different way than yep. the salespeople. And he couldn't train the salespeople in his company. Oh. All he could do was look at them and say, well, I can sell. You need to do it like this. It would never have worked for them, but he couldn't oh. see that. Oh. I, got a, I got a mail from a person in my inbox saying, Michael, uh, we need to talk. I hired last year. I hired from zero. I suddenly hired four sales guys. And I had to fire three of them because there was no success. And then I looked into his business, and it's a, it's a classic license mechanism selling to large corporates. And I said, man, you, you just didn't wait long enough. I mean, you cannot close a deal in six months with this type of company. So ah, it's, it's – yeah, I get really angry. I, angry is not the right word. I'm, I'm getting like, man, just watch one of my movies, and you'll do well, right? You'll fix that immediately. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. work that way, huh? <laughs> no. Do you? I, I, I've I've been there as well, and I've been quite frustrated in in what perhaps the CEO of a company is telling me about his salespeople, and and sometimes it can be in very negative terms. You know, these guys are not willing to you, work; they're no good. And I think, you, well, yeah. it's all your fault. Yeah. Because you know who, who, who hired them, who trained I, them. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I, I haven't, I have to say it's, I do a lot of sales audits. So I go in and yeah. check all the sales guy. It's very rarely. And I mean, really rarely, let's say one on, on five of these audits, I will tell, tell them that one guy or girl, take him out now. But it's really, really rare. Yeah. Because most of yeah. them are good or they're like 80, 85%. And I know you've trained them for six months. So if you have to replace them, it's just going to be. Another six months with no activity. It's just a matter of measuring them right way, motivating them the right way. And, and they run. all want to do well. Who goes to work wanting to fail? And this is of the course. thing that really frustrates me, is that they sometimes look at them and thinking they don't care. I bet they really do care. It's just that they're frustrated. They maybe have not got the tools. They've not got the training. They've not got the guidance. Yeah. And Give it's, it to them. Yeah. So sometimes I say to the, to, the, to the executive, and he's like, yeah, but Michael, I'm a CEO. I don't have... And I'm talking not so large companies. I'm talking let's company of 100 people. Yeah, my biggest issue is sales. It's not moving fast enough. And I said, but one, it means it needs your attention more than the rest. And it means 
you should just sit in the middle of that team two days a week and just watch and play along. So you, because he will, CEO traditionally is one of the best sales guys in, in the company because he has a different view. And so it, it, it would dramatically speed up things because they see you, they will be more energized, they but they're just not doing it because they're busy. And then I walk through the office and then what do I see? I see the CEO again watching an Excel sheet the whole day long and I'm like, it's part of your job, I get it. But man, if you tell me that's your biggest issue, it needs your attention. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's something that we see all the time when we're looking at, we're looking at a business and we're looking at its, its equity value and its equity potential. And, yeah, exactly. and when we see that the business owners will, will look and they will focus in the areas where they feel most comfortable most of the time. Yeah, and and the business then is reflected in that light. Yeah, that's normal. No. Engineering guys will have really strong engineering. Yeah, I, I understand. One of the other things that came up this week, um, and uh, it happened in the last 24 hours actually, but I'm not going to—I won't mention his name—but it it was a, 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 bit, a bit of communication that went on, and it was talking about the opportunity for software tech entrepreneurs. Because one of the things that we're saying is that very often, and this is something we see very, very common, an entrepreneur, a software entrepreneur, is able to start a company, is able to pull resources together, get things moving, create some value. They're very good at that part, but they're not necessarily going to be good at taking that business to the second and third and fourth stages of development. And what they should do, they should sell it and get and move on, take the money, bank a lot of money, take some money, risk a small amount of money, They've already got the financial independence. They've got the pressure off. Go do it again. Go do it a third time. But I think some just hang on and hang on and hang on, and you get these flatline businesses. They haven't got those skills to take the business on, or they lose their passion. They lose their energy. There's so many reasons for it. But I came across a guy, and he said, I'm never going to sell my business. Never. Okay. Well, you are. But you're probably going to end up giving it away because, number one, you're not going to live forever. So at some stage, it's going to exit your hands. Unless you've found some sort of magic pill for immortality, it is going to exit your hands. So where's it going to go? So you need to think about that. But also, it's just so much the wrong mindset. Totally wrong. You know, they. I think that... They, it, there's it, so it, many owners out there they don't understand what they could achieve they really don't also, is it feeling is it the right word indispensable like they, it needs me and I think for me when I look at the business yeah. the best managers are the guys that's, or the, the girls that the people that set it up that the business actually doesn't really need them they're just the energetic or get, get how do you call it? Catalyzer. Catalyst. Uh, get, yeah, you're catalyst right. for the business. Yeah. And but if it needs them the whole time, you actually have a wrong business. I mean it's just yeah. never gonna scale. If you want scale. I, I know very small businesses that do really well and they just don't care about scale. That's fine too. But but I'd, even even with those very small businesses, you know, I say to them, Why did you start that business? And I think that that for some they started it because they wanted um, freedom. Perhaps it was the politics of working for a large organization. I've had countless senior executives from this sector come to me and say, you know, I'm fed up of working for the bigger, more American corporates, or I don't want to work for another IBM type company because I'm a small cog 
in a big machine and I can't play the politics of, of surviving that sort of environment anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's one thing. I think also it's some people who want to go out and test themselves and they've seen other people go out and make a lot of money and they yeah. want to test it. For some it's they see it, they've got an idea and they, they really believe in that idea. Um, and I think for others it may be that sort of creative outlet yeah, the builders I call yeah. them. I, yeah. I have the same, by the way. I I, I, I love to, to 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 architect and do the first build. And once it, it's there, I kind of lose interest. I want to move on. Yeah. So yeah. But I think what what I see time and time again is that there's a lack of thinking about the end game and and, and that goal. And I think one of the things that we've done over the years is that we've helped facilitate that thinking. And I've seen people totally change their perspective about building a business and potentially selling it. And all those crazy ideas that some of them have. I had, again, this just this week, sitting in front of a chap and I'm talking to him, he was asking me some general questions about M&A. And then he asked that question, which was, what do you typically see is an average EBITDA yeah. for a business like mine. Yeah. How much will it bring? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the only question that matters. And then these guys, you, I just, you've been brainwashed. Everybody should, listening. Yeah. Everybody you listening, should, please you should, listen the way, to this. Your, your storytelling oh. should start with that, the elephant in the room. You should start oh, every slide with, God. how much is it worth? And then yeah. you start your story and say, guys. Especially, <laughs> especially when they start from... How, how much, what's the average EBITDA, you know? And I think, God, you've been listening to these VCs, you've been listening to these bankers and accountants for too long. Total rubbish. Why, why, do you, why would you want to be conditioned by these guys? Go and have a look at ClickFunnels. Go and have a look at Exponia. What would, so if you take that company, okay, started 2015, today it's worth billions. What would, what, how would we have valued that business 18 months ago? What figure would you come? How would you have done that? How would you have done that multiplication figure? Because that's what they're doing is they want to get their little calculator out and they want to make it based upon numbers. Doesn't like, work. Uh, one, of, one of my kids is into skateboarding and yeah. he asks me the whole time, "Hey, Dad, how much does that cost?" And each time I see an amount, he's going, like, "Yeah, that's ten skateboards, man. You can start a <laughs> shop with." And he's like calculating everything. And I'm like, it's the same thing. Huh? It's exactly the same well, thing. Well, the other thing is, the, the other argument they say to me is, yeah, but you, there is an average. Well, of course there's an average. You could average anything. You know, the, the one I say is you can average, you can find out what the average height of a human being is. So if we yeah. include babies and fully grown adults, the average height is probably going to be four foot two, all right? Because they're, you know, all the children that we've got. So... On that basis, the next person through that door is going to be roughly four foot two. No, they're not. It does, it's just of no value whatsoever. It doesn't serve any purpose. And the other thing I always say to them is, what you're saying is, I'm going to aim to be average. You know, if you've, got a, you've, got, you've got a child who's you know, at school and say, son, when you grow up, I want you to be average. <laughs> It's crazy, isn't it? But they're talking about their own business in that way. So please, please, don't talk to me about EBIT dollars and averages ever again. <laughs> no, I'm afraid they will keep doing it. So. 
it's, it's a, but people have been brainwashed, and I, I mean, I know why it's happened, and I know because we've got an M and A industry that is just managed and dominated by bean counters, and and that's a problem. But I'm going to really keep shouting about this. Come and come and have a chat with me about this. I won't. I won't get too aerated next <laughs> yeah. time. Honestly, I'll be you'll scream. You'll <laughs> scream at them, right? <laughs> well. Do you know, we've been talking for nearly 32 minutes, and I said to yeah. you, I wouldn't let it go more than a minute over. And true, I, true, you're right, but you're right. got onto that topic about EBITDAs, I just couldn't I, resist. I was completely relaxed, Mark. <laughs> you could have gone on for two hours. I was sitting <laughs> and listening and thinking, yeah. <laughs> Next well, time, I might want to take over again at the same yeah. <laughs> Come on, wait. Why aren't you jumping in like you normally do, eh? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no, but I agree. But uh, actually, thinking about it, we shouldn't do that. Like, have a make it make a make a video or make a slide, and like four or five slides, starting with that one sentence. How well, much I think, is it worth? I think I think I've got to I've got to get it out of my system, haven't I? Yeah, I've got, I've got to that's do why you should do it. I've got to do should a do video it. on this, and I've got to just yeah. face the camera and scream and shout at it, and then I, then I'll be go. I'll be fine. I'll be able to talk to people sensibly. Sure. <laughs> true. I made a poster uh, for the boot camp. I, I I like to make these posters so people can take them along, so you have something offline. And it's me shouting to a guy, and the guy's is is made red, and he's like really shouting about these are the three things you need to do. And uh, it's funny because I had lots of people taking pictures, putting on LinkedIn with their face next to it. And I'm thinking, hey, there is a team, so we should make one with you <laughs> shouting, <laughs> saying how much is it worth? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, that's why. That's why I do boxing three times a week. It's to get out all of that pent up frustration with people asking me that question. So <laughs> people are moaning. Yeah. Good. All right. It was good. Good to catch Thanks, up with Mark. you again. And we'll catch up. And next time, I'll 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 bring some extra topics. Right. No, no, no. That's fine. I mean, it's, you give me that space. I got, I got a vent some anger here. <laughs> that's good. Well, at least, okay. at least now we can finish by saying thank you for was it, watch and watching, listening to the Bossit podcast. Yes, thank you for listening exactly. to the Bossit podcast. We've got a name for it, haven't we? Yeah. And we hope to hear you next time. No, yeah. we hope to be able to speak to you next time when we yeah. we're on again. That'd be brilliant. Thanks very much, Michael. Speak thank to you. Soon. you. Cheers. Speak to Bye-bye. you soon. Cheers.